Welcome to season two of the Real Nickasized podcast. And this season, we are exploring the seven letters to the seven churches of Asia in the book of Revelation because we think it's a blueprint for the church. By understanding what Jesus is saying to these churches, we get a better picture of what church is meant to be today. Because, hey, history repeats itself when we don't learn from it. So together, let's ask better questions and learn from what Jesus is saying. Let's dig in. biblical times, there was a city named Ephesus. Ephesus is this absolutely amazing city. It's massive. And you may not quite believe me on quite how big it is, but Ephesus was actually built about a thousand years before Jesus was born. So it existed for a long time. Went through various ruling parties. Uh, But one thing that kind of remained consistent for Ephesus is that it was dominated by pagan temples. And, in particular, there is a massive temple to Artemis in Ephesus. And that temple was one of the seven wonders of the world. So big that there was thousands, plural, thousands of priests and priestesses who served in it. The city is also well known for having an amphitheater that could seat 25,000 people. So that's, that's really nothing compared to a major league stadium today when you think about baseball. But if you think about some local farm teams, and where I'm located in Pennsylvania uh, would be pretty close to the capital. At the capital of Pennsylvania, there is a uh, minor league baseball team, and their stadium holds 6,100 people. Modern day stadium holds 6,100. In biblical times, the Ephesian stadium held 25,000 people. All right. Um, Speaking of Harrisburg, the city of Harrisburg's population is about 50,000 people. So not a huge city, but it's still a city. It's the closest one around here. Uh, Ephesus, quite a bit bigger. 225,000 people in this city. And the closest city that I could find with a population that size size is Newark, New Jersey. So Ephesus is not some backwater country town. It's a massive city, a city that is so much bigger than many of the cities that we know here and today. Ephesus had a church planted by Paul. And the Apostle John actually lived there for a time. And probably, actually, the Apostle John wrote his Gospel of John in Ephesus. So Ephesus has a special place in the heart of a variety of people. And in the beginning of Revelations in chapter 2, there's a letter written to them. It's the words of Jesus given to John who writes them down. And it says this, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles, but they're not. You've discovered that they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen from your first love. 
Turn back to me again and work as you did at first. If you don't, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But there is, a, there is this about you that is good. You hate the deeds of the immoral Nicolaitans just as I do. Anyone who's willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Everyone who is victorious will eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. All right. First, I think we just have to say Revelation is um, might be one of the toughest books in the Bible. This apocalyptic literature we find in Daniel and Revelation and scattered throughout some other places, it, it can be really thick to work through. It, it's, it's not easy. There's a lot of symbolism. Um, there's a lot of analogies. I mean, for instance, this talks about um, the messages from somebody who holds the seven stars and walks among the golden lampstands. And you, you have to wonder, like, who are the seven stars or what are they and what are the golden lampstands? And it's just, there's a lot of symbolism in there. And the purpose of our podcast isn't really to be a, a sermon. So we do try to limit our time frame to, you know, 10 to 12 minutes. And so we can't really go line by line on this whole thing. Suffice it to say, the one who walks among the lampstands and the one who holds the seven stars in their hands, that's Jesus. So this letter is from Jesus and it's to the church in Ephesus. And he's got some stuff to say to them. And I think we could talk, again, we could talk line by line about all these things, but for the sake of time, we're not going to. We need to hit the highlights here. So what are the things that are really important for us to know? Well, we know that the church in Ephesus is a pretty discerning church because they found people who have claimed to be something that they're not, they're false teachers, and they've realized that they aren't those, and so they, they push them out of the community. You're false teachers, you're out of here. Right? So that's good. Uh, they've persevered, and they've endured hardships for the name of Jesus, and they haven't grown weary. So that's also a pretty incredible thing. I mean, you think about some of the things that you've persevered through, or, um, or you know other people have persevered through things, and it does tire you out. It saps your life in some ways. But this church has been able to encourage one another and, and stay uh, moving forward in a good direction. But then Jesus says, you have this thing against you. You've forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. And so we have to really think hard about this church. What's their first love? What is it? And there are some translations that say you don't love me like you did at first. Uh, and there's other translations that say you've forsaken your first love. If we were to go into the book of Ephesians, which is a letter written by Paul to this church, when it's kind of its first generation leadership there, um, in the very first chapter, verse 15, he says, I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. And I think that's the first love of this church. It's a love of God and a love of others. And so, so God's saying, you don't love me and you don't love others like you did at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do things as you did at first. Repent means to turn and go in the opposite direction. Okay, So it's not enough for you to say, oh, I'll do better. God or Jesus in this case is, is asking for there to be an action, 
associated with this change in your life. Repent. Go the opposite direction. Do the thing that you that you weren't doing before. I want you to do that again. Uh, he wants to see this done. And then he says, if you don't repent, I'm going to come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Well, earlier in his life, Jesus says that you are the light of the world. You don't light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. You put it on a lampstand so that it gives light to everyone. The church is meant to be on a lampstand. It's meant to be a lampstand, casting the light of Jesus into all the world. Not to be a social club, not just to be a place that we hang out, not to to be a, a country club without the golf course. That's not the point. We're not, we don't gather together just to sing songs and learn new facts. We're here with a purpose, and that is to shine the light of Christ into the whole world. And and what Jesus is saying is, is not... If you don't get this right, you're going to slowly burn out. He's saying, if you don't get this right, I'm going to come and I'm going to put your light out. Know that. I'm going to come and put your light out. So, as I think through this passage, I think that you and I can relate to the Ephesians here. And I'm I'm speaking pretty broadly here. And I want to speak too specifically for you because everybody's context is different. But I will speak from my own experience with the church. And that's the worldwide church. I believe that the worldwide church, like the Ephesians, has forgotten how deeply tied together loving God and loving others is. Jesus gathers disciples into the upper room together with one another. He washes their feet And then he says, love one another as I have loved you. By this, the world will know that you are my disciples. So this is pretty important. Love one another as I have loved you. So the world will know that you follow me. This is going to be the thing that shows everyone that we follow Jesus and not something else or someone else. Okay, good. The apostle John also writes, we love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates his fellow believer, then that person is a liar. For if we don't love the people we can see, how can we love God who we cannot see? We are called to love one another. And the way that we love one another, the way that we love the people we can see, ultimately reflects how much we actually love God. And God is saying, you can't say that you love me, and then not love some, some person that you can see. Because if you can't love them, there's no way that you can love me. And as a church, as a worldwide church, we've been so focused on being some glorified umpire that's waiting for you to cross some line so that we can say, you're out of here. Because we focused on the wrong stuff. We haven't paid attention to the important stuff. We've made the wrong stuff way too hard and we've been too easy about the stuff that actually matters and this has to stop because we care too much about the way that we dress and the way that our kids act and the things that you say that the wording is just perfectly correct and that's not the point the point is the way that we love one another So hear me when I tell you that when you gossip, it doesn't love your brother and sister. And it doesn't love God. When you see somebody and you say, how you doing? But you don't actually want to hear their answer. It doesn't love one another. And it doesn't honor God. 
when you use your words to tear down rather than build up, when you seek to divide rather than unite, when you ignore rather than see, when you have the means to help but you don't have the heart to help, when you harden your heart rather than forgive, when you believe the lies of this world that it's all about you and what you can get, it's not love. We love the teacher well when we live his lessons. When we love one another, we love God. And when we love one another, the world will know that we follow Jesus. And if we can't get this right, our light will not shine. In fact, it'll be put out. So let's choose love again and let's shine brightly.